Welcome to the Money Rules Podcast, where we tackle your personal financial matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Weidumelon Tsoko. Saving and investing are often referred to as the twins of the financial world, but sometimes one twin can be confused for the other, which may lead to different financial outcomes. Do you know whether you're a saver or an investor? Hi. I'm Bidumelo, and in this episode, I'm joined by Rick Isnell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth. He'll talk us through the differing mindsets of savers and investors, as well as give us an example of the kind of growth each can expect from their portfolios. Welcome, Rickus. Hello, Jumi, and thank you for having me. Rickus, how does one determine whether they're a saver versus an investor? Yes, Jumi, I think in, in preparation to this discussion, I think one very pertinent question came up to me. And um, obviously, we are professionals in the investment industry. This question that cropped up was uh, quite outlying in saying that everyone should ask themselves, why are they saving? There has to be a very specific reason why someone would choose to save versus choose to, to invest And the only conclusion I can get to of why someone would choose to save would be the right answers to the reasons to save. If you have a a time span or time horizon of less than two years, uh, you've got no price movement appetite or volatility appetite for that saving amount. If you've got a fixed obligation that you need to settle within that two years, maybe a card that you want to buy, a wedding or a house. And obviously, the most important one has to be in the back of everyone's mind. If you save, you have to be happy with a sub-inflation, meaning a lower than inflation return outcome. If none of those four items are anywhere on your radar, you're not a saver. Could you maybe go into more detail regarding the difference in mindset of savers and investors and the behavioral biases they each typically exhibit? All right. So I think it's two completely different mindsets. And I'll go through the thinking differences between these two, because as I say, they've got completely different focuses and objectives. And then secondly, which is very important to me to actually stretch during this conversation, is that the mindset of an individual shouldn't change because of market conditions. It can only change or should only change when the objectives of that individual change. So you talk about behavioral biases. I think let's start with the thinking because I think the thinking translates into some actions and those actions obviously translate into investor experiences and outcomes. So if we can start with the thinking, I think there's a big difference in terms of thinking to to consume something that already exists versus to create something for consumption. So the savings mindset in my mind has got a mindset of of consuming something that already exists. It's not multiplying something. It might side pocket at something and putting money aside, but it's definitely not multiplying it for consumption. The other one is, is obviously the risk approach. The risk approach of a saver is when risks increase, they want to get out of financial markets. The typical investor mindset says when risks are high, prices adopted to those risk metrics and prices dropped. And it's a good time to actually enter into markets. The other one, which is quite pertinent to me, is how savers think about how they sort of go about their their affairs. It's a much more black and white 
sort of decision, a binary scenario. The market is either going to crash or it's going to shoot the moon. But it, it, there's no scenario in that mindset of things will just muddle through or improve over time or things will or can be okay versus a very much more diversified mindset from, from an investor's mindset. Now, if we take any sort of investment tycoon, mostly Buffett, normally it's the radar, but you can take any other successful investor as, a, as an example. I can't say very seldom. You would not ever get any of these tycoons that sold all their business interests due to a market market volatility or market risks. They might increase their cash portions but they would never sell out of all their business interests. And I think that's where what I want to stretch in terms of the diversification. Somehow the message gets skewed to, in, uh, to investors out there saying when a recession is sort of approaching, sell all your business interest and flee back to cash. If I refer to the control versus trust mindset, perhaps for investors, they are happy to trust advisors and to get advice and delegate that control onto those managers. We, a saver, I think, to a large extent, want to remain in full control of their own affairs. The last point I want to take up is uh, top low, bottom line focus. For a savings mindset, in my mind, that individual, individual is focusing on the top line. In essence, they are forgetting or disregarding the, the inflation impact on that top line, and they are disregarding the tax implication on that top line. An investor most definitely focuses more on the bottom line result of, of their investment decisions. Enriquez, would you say that a saver is more conservative than an investor and that's how it affects the, the management of their portfolios? So they, they most definitely more conservative. As I say, it's it's perhaps to an extent also a, a personal trait. Uh, they want to, if I can go back to the control matter that I talked about, if you take someone that's farming with sheep, obviously everyone is a lot more comfortable when all these sheep are on in their hide or in their shelter. But the investor knows that the sheep can't remain in the shelter. They will actually starve there, and that's not the place where they multiply and strive. So they have to go out in the field and go and multiply to, to create a, a sustainable farm. So I think most definitely there's more risks um, that someone that's investing are more comfortable to take on board than, than uh, someone with a savings mindset. And which financial products do investors and savers employ to achieve their goals? Okay, so in, in essence, we use financial, if we talk about financial products, in my mind, it's the investment vehicle, which can range from tax-free savings account, normal voluntary discretionary investments. We can talk about retirement annuities, living annuities, etc. And in all of them, you are able to uh, to include uh, both uh, scenarios. You can have a savings uh, focus on any in any of those vehicles, or you can have an investment focus. Obviously, the savings mindset doesn't really fit into that investment vehicle very well because the returns are too low to really absorb the the investment fee structure. So, but you can typically the products I've mentioned. You can obviously include underneath there something of uh, asset class which relates to cash. 
uh, which relates to listed bonds and relates to listed property or listed equity. So the whole array of instruments are available. In my area, there's very little we can offer someone that really competes just to a retail bank cash solutions because that's their bread and butter. That is what they do. That's what they specialize in. And they obviously run a very lower uh, fee structure because it's not necessarily something like an advice component in there. So from a savings mindset, I would suggest it's much better speaking to a retail bank than to a financial advisor. How does one move from being a saver to an investor? Right. So I think a saver becomes an investor once that individual are, are willing to be a business owner. I think very few people think about investment into listed properties or listed equities, which is considered risk assets. Very little people consider that as as proportionate ownership into those businesses. But what in essence, if you you just take it technically, you're becoming a business owner, even if it's just proportionally in, in that business. And those businesses are businesses that's got real products, real uh, services. They've got real expenses. They've got real clients. They've got real challenges. They pay their taxes. And all of a sudden, there's a lot more variables which are going to determine whether that business is successful or not. So to answer your question, it is that in that momentum where a saver take their capital and say, guys, this return outcome from a bank savings account or fixed deposit is undesirable, and I'm actually willing to take this capital and invest it into real businesses as being the proportional business owner of that business. And Rikus, in a high inflation environment where interest rates are also increasing, how can both protect their funds or portfolios? So, Jumi, a very clear distinction here is against what you're trying to protect yourself. There's two protections in my mind that people need. One is the protection against inflation, which you refer to, because over the long term, there's a very interesting phenomena, which they call the 72 rule in our uh, industry. And what the 72 rule means, if you take 72 and you divide it through the the existing inflation rate, it shows you over how many years your investment capital will have. So if you look at that number, and I mean, inflation is more or less, but let's work at a 6% inflation. If you divide 72 through 6%, your investment capital halves over 12 years. This is an approximate. And that is without taking any funds out of that savings account. So that's the one protection that someone needs. If you're not going to protect yourself against inflation over the long term, you're going to spend your old days in poverty. The second part that needs protection is the protection against fluctuations. And that you can do by getting the right asset class selection uh, for the appropriate time horizon that you actually need an outcome from. And the last protection you need, and actually phenomena that you need to avoid at all costs, is where you avoid the permanent loss of capital. And in that sense, that is by making use of reputable advice, product solutions, and asset classes, which predominantly, by far predominantly, are located in the listed instrument environment, which gives you the best probability to to multiply your capital, first of all, in a risk environment, 
and not lose capital permanently. Could you maybe give us an example of how much growth an investor would get versus a saver on, let's say, 100,000 rand over a fixed time period? Right. So we, we talked about the, the savings uh, outcome, which I regard over the long term. There might be exceptions over the short term as interest rates spike, et cetera, or inflation come down, et cetera. But over the long term, you should be happy with a, a lower than inflation outcome uh, after taxes from a, from a saving solution. If you start looking at an investment solution, you start including asset classes like listed bonds and other cash instruments, which you can look at uh, inflation plus one to three percent above inflation, which again is a pre-tax scenario. There are exceptions to that at the moment because of different sort of credit ratings assumed with, with certain investment products, South African government bonds, etc., cetera, uh, which over the short term can have a, a higher interest rate than what I mentioned. But over the long term, this is the margins what we're working with. If you look at the listed property or listed equity space, again, you're looking at something like an inflation plus 6% and after fees, which you can see is is in, in absolute contrast in terms of the outcome versus the, the, the saving solution. All right. Thank you so much, Rikas. That was Rikas Nell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Rules Podcast. To listen to more, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Money Rules. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.